we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. This is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community. Listen to Life as a Gringo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Of course, we got our niece Nyla in here with us. And we got a special guest in the building, the brother Reason. Welcome. What's the deal? How you feeling? Uh, I'm a little tired. I haven't adjusted yet to the. I heard yeah. you say that coming from LA yeah, is a little yeah. off. It's, yeah, a little off. It's You've been like coming seven. back and forth the last couple of weeks. Though. I have, but I don't know why my body don't do the adjusting thing. Like I just stay on LA time really? all the time. Yeah, it's weird. Like mm-hmm. it's hard for me to like fully adjust. So, st- what time did you wake up this morning? Like eight, which is like five. Five, five yeah. LA time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And okay. I don't go to sleep until super late because I'm not tired until like four. So okay. it's like I went to sleep last night at like four, and then I woke up at eight. So yeah. You, you got a new project out called Porches. Yes, yes, this, yes. Can we call this an album? It is. It's an album. Okay. It's an album. I don't. Okay. I don't like when artists do that. Like I when hate it, it. Yeah. Like it's it's an album. Like it's fine. Like artists. Uh, I saw. I'm not gonna name his name, but he he just dropped. He dropped maybe like last year, and he was like, "Oh, this is my second album." I'm like, "Nigga, you got eight projects out." 
Like it's they're all albums to me. Who NBA yeah. YoungBoy? I'm not gonna. Why, oh, you, you don't want to say no other artists. I mean, you, can, you don't you gotta can... say names because every artist does that. Yeah, a lot of artists. You can call everybody from TDE out. Why can't he say other artists' names? Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> you just start right there. You call out your own label. Welcome to the Records Club. Yeah, what's up? All right. What's up? Nah, but Porches, Porches is out, and I like yeah. that album because I love a good porch. Nah, yeah. nah, don't piggyback now. We might as well just we'll get come that back. out. Okay. Because yeah, I love a good porch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm from the south. You know yeah. what I mean? So I love I love a good porch. I got a porch now, so I understand what you mean when you talk about that porch. Yeah, it's just a product of your environment. It's really mm -hmm. just like a metaphor for your environment. We're all, you know, we're coming from our environment. If me and you grow up in similar class, similar place, similar income, we're gonna go through similar shit. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like what the album's storyline is about, is realizing the porch that you want, realizing that you are a product of your environment. And yes, you can grow on, go on to do bigger things, but we need to understand and love each other a little bit better, knowing that mm -hmm. uh, we all come from the same place, especially yeah. in today's time, because we all just kind of point the finger at people when something crazy happens, not understanding exactly like the things that they've gone through and whatnot. Because that was the stoop. We call it the stoop in the Yeah, I'm about to say, we, yeah. We ain't got poetry, yeah. we got stoops. Yeah, and the outro, is, it actually says that, because I, uh, I got the homie shout out Scrap, he's kind of like narrating the album in like an older man voice, mm -hmm. and he said that he like, New York niggas call it a stoop. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he was like, rich white people, I don't know what they call it, but they call it some shit. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Like, so yeah, same thing. I love these kind of albums, man, because I love a project that I'm listening to, and then I got to look down at the track list to know what this song is because yeah. it's so cohesive. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, is that purposely done? Of course it is. It definitely is. Um, I came in, I started making this album, um, the idea behind it, um, on my last album, New Beginning. So the last album ended with um, a plethora of dates being said, um, and then this album picks up with those dates being said, and now you're hearing the stories behind those dates. So these are real stories that happen, they're real dates. Like some of these things you can Google because they actually happen. So it was definitely one of those things I, I wanted to, I always wanted to make a full-blown cohesive album that people could listen to from front to back. That was always one of my things on the bucket list, but I will say it was way more work than I thought it was gonna be. Like I, halfway through, I was like, I don't know if I wanna do this shit no more. What, making an album? Making like it to <laughs> connect all the way through. Oh, like that oh, shit oh. is a lot more work, especially in Lost today's art. time, yeah, where everybody just kinda like has the playlist albums. Like, lost art, I mean, yeah. people don't do it no more, like with the skits and everything, mm -hmm. you know, it's a yeah. very lost art. Yeah, yeah, and so it, it takes a lot of, if you wanna do it right, it takes a lot of coordination, it takes a lot of time and, making sure that you don't miss any gaps or details or, or you know, making sure the aesthetic of it, like we brought in the Foley guy to do the all the sound effects and stuff like that. And it just takes a lot more work than I, you know, thought I was kind of getting myself into. Well, if you beginning. had guidance from other TDE people, because if you wasn't alienating everybody. <laughs> is this where you gonna go? You is, that, what is, is that what it you is? Talk to people <laughs> that have done this before. Okay, this is the camp that does it a lot. Kendrick does it a lot, even though he's not there. Yeah, 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 still, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So people would ask, what's what's your, your relationship with TDE? Is there a problem? Is 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 Charlamagne saying you don't accept the guidance? What's 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 the situation like? Don't accept the guidance is crazy. I'm I'm always willing to accept guidance. Um, but nah, it's it's that entire situation. Like that was a conversation that me and Moo have had behind closed doors a lot. It was just one of those things that it probably shouldn't have been. Well, not probably. It definitely just shouldn't have been out in the public, you know what I mean? But it's a lot of misconceptions about that. Like, because it happened, there's a misconception that Musa didn't think this album was quality. Musa loves this album. Like, he helped me pick some of the records, you get what I'm saying? And so, um, it was just one of those things that got so nasty and so ugly publicly that now everything is a thing. Like, everything is a headline. Um, 
the the release party shit became a headline. That's your fault though. That was my fault. That was my fault. Nobody I'll take accountability. Came to my release party. Yeah, but it was like in, in the in the flow of the context <laughs> he said of the it conversation. A thing, but, but that's your fault. You yeah. said it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm owning that one. That one. That one. That one was my. That one was my fault. I own that one. Um, it was in the flow of the conversation. What I was trying to say was because I was asked, was this a weird week that you had to be around people? I'm like, I didn't really have to be around nobody because I had a release party. They didn't come, but I didn't. Well, I did explain, but that's not in the clip. We had a listening party the week before that the label put together, and in my release party. I put it together like for the homies and family and shit. And because everything was happening, they just gave me space on it. So it was one of those things where I was like, I shouldn't have said that. You get what I'm saying? The Cole Kendrick thing was wild too. There was no That point. wasn't wild. There was no reason for that reason. For people that don't know what we say. For people that don't know what we say. He said that uh, when Cole drops his next project, he's going to surpass Kendrick. I didn't say that. That's what I'm oh, saying. Say no, that? I said when Cole drops his next project, he will be bigger. Not bigger than Kendrick. He'll be a lot bigger. I said he's doing a lot more current things. I think he'll see the fruits of his labor. I said I think Dot is bigger right now, but I think Cole's going to grow a lot. I don't know who's going to be bigger, and I really don't care. Like Both of these niggas are like like gods to me. Like I don't, I don't really get into the argument of who's the biggest out of Drake, Cole, and Dot. Like I'll get into arguments of who I think would – have a better verse on a song, but let's not. Yeah, but yeah, but I'll, I'll entertain that. But I don't really get into like but the by, bigger argument. By yeah. bigger, you just meant like moment. Though. I just mean mean when Cole drops this album, I think it'll be he he will be a lot bigger. Him, not bigger than anybody else, but how big like, can he get? Pause. I mean, <laughs> yo, it's supposed it's supposed to be his last it's supposed to be his last album. Um, oh. I think that I think that he's gonna go out like with a bang. If it is his last album, we know how this should go. It won't be, but. I don't know. If there's anybody I think that'll stand on their word, I think it's Cole. Where did the Bigger Than Kendrick thing come from? Because niggas want headlines. Like, they asked who is bigger out of Dot and, and Cole, and I said, I don't know, but I know this is the fall off. Dot is, I mean, Cole has been very, very consistent over the years. I think he'll see the fruits of his labor after he drops this album. I think he'll be much bigger. And it became that he's bigger than Dot. That's crazy. And you know what? All I saw was the headline. Yeah, is that another one? Don't talk about everybody only being the headlines and you only read the headline. You know why, though? Yeah. Because Reason been out here saying about TV shooting the TV so much. I was like, damn, Reason? Again? I ain't even been shooting at them like that, man. Like, I, I just, I, I said my truth. My truth for me was that I wanted to be more consistent. I wanted to put out more music. That was what Once I was again, expressing. That's your fault. And you don't, Reason. I've told you this a million times. You are a phenomenal artist. Yeah. You make great songs. Yeah. You're, the consistency is consistency is on you. That's what I'm saying is I don't that's that's not my truth. And I don't want to, you know, cuz when I go into detail it's like it looks like I'm like smearing the label. I don't want to do that, but that's not my truth. I don't think it's my fault. They don't want you to drop mixtapes or nothing? It's 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 TDE. It's just the way that they they do things. Like it's not as simple as just make a project, put it together, turn it in and it's out. Trust me. Like I make a lot of music. Like I just backed up my hard drive. I had 1300 records. But like I'm not an artist that don't work. Like that's not a that's not a thing. But you do know sometimes is is like the perfect storm, right? And yeah. sometimes we, I, I guess we fish for that perfect storm. But <laughs> as a label, I'm sure they invest and they want that perfect storm. They want to make sure your rollout is right. So when it does hit, it connects the right way and not just connect as a okay. Well, he did this and it, it moves on. And and we've yeah. seen it with Scissor. We've seen yeah. it with you know Dot. We've seen it with a lot of their artists. Dochi now. Yeah. Dochi like they've hit the Dochi right storm. I know, but she's been cooking him so long yeah. that now she's got singles that are like going. Yeah, no, right for sure. Now? Yeah, no, she got she got she got singles that's going, but I also think that like the artists with the exception of Doshi that we name and like 
like they're big like bigger artists can chill for four years like right. that but that took a lot of time beforehand like back we you, you, we're thinking of nah, dot now but think about dot back if in you the day. if you think about dot before good kid mad city kendrick lamar lp section, section 80, 80 um uh the 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 one that he did all the the lil wayne beats i forgot what that was those those came back to back like they were flooding you like when you're a bigger artist then you can kind of chill and and mm-hmm. sit back and be like yo i'm gonna wait four years in between like we see what 21 is doing and 21 was a nigga that was flooding all the time and he hasn't dropped the album in maybe like three years but it's fine because he's 21 savage you get what i'm saying well, so you see the album with drake too yeah well yeah yeah but i'm just saying i'm saying that even before that though i think it was like two and a half three years before before that before the album with drake and so they don't even drop. want you to drop your own music let's say hey i just want to release this mixtape or whatever it is so yeah. you can't even drop they don't they, they're it's a, they they telling you they don't even want you to do that that's what you're it's saying, just bro? it's just same destination different roads like that's where we run into our issues mm-hmm. it's like we both have we all have the same destination that we want to get to we just see different paths of of getting there and that can cause frustration you know what i mean mm-hmm. i see a path like we can do this and do it this way sometimes they see it that way and it ultimately you know what i mean can kind of clash at times what but, if you drop music under like another name like explanation Instead of music. <laughs> this guy's stupid. So silly. What's wrong with him, man? <laughs> but you do feel like it's the y'all have the common goal of, of winning, though. I think yeah, it's just, that's it's what just like, finding the right. That's lane. what I meant when I said it was a lot of misconceptions. Like it was like like because that that shit got so nasty publicly, it was almost like the conception was that like I feel like they don't want me to be successful and that they feel like I'm not a good artist. When right. which that's not it, but it got so nasty that that's kind of what it was. But I do think it's a common goal. Like like top in them, they want they want all of their artists to be big stars. You get what I'm right. saying? And we all want to be big stars as well. And sometimes you just see different roads in that and you kind of, you know what I mean? You go back and forth on it. And like I said, that wasn't like, like that was just bad because it was public. We've had way worse shit than that. You get what I'm saying? And I think if I would have responded on the spot and went back at him, I think it would have been like one of the conversations we've had behind closed doors. And that was part of the reason why I just shut up even though it was hard because I didn't want it to get any worse than it already was. I feel so. like it overshadowed the album slightly. Because slightly, it, like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody's talking about reasons issues with TDE as opposed to the music. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's, it, it's it's weird. It's like a double-edged sword. Like, it, it gave more eyes to the album. Like, if, if didn't nobody know I was dropping an album that Friday, they knew after that. But it also, like you said, it, it created a different conversation instead of having a conversation about the music. And, like, but the people that have listened to it, like, my feedback has been incredible like it's, it's especially from all of my fans that's been waiting for me they're like this is by far your best work well worth the wait um and you know that just goes into like all the work that i put in but that was an annoying thing it's like now this is what we're talking about instead of you know the visuals instead of the storyline instead of um us you know announcing the tour we're kind of waiting you know for it to you know, die down a little bit like i would have rather just kind of like go straight through with the music let me ask you a question why why it's gonna sound stupid, but why did you sign the TDE? Because you know, mm-hmm. a lot of artists sign the TDE because they say, "Yeah, they got artists I can work with, I can mm-hmm. collaborate with. They have producers that I can work with. They have a stream for me to get heard and out." What What was your reason of signing with TDE, and what did you expect? Yeah, um, a little, a little, all of those things. But basically, it was the Lakers. I'm from the, I'm from LA, and that that's the Lakers for us. You know what I mean? And so, uh, when I when I signed, I did, I did want to come in and work with, you know, Kendrick and Q, and have this, you know, super cohesive family relationship the same shit that I grew up on watching Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's not their fault that was just me being like naive it's like signing to the Lakers you're like oh nigga I'm about to go work out with Kobe and this and then you realize like nigga Kobe don't work out with niggas that just signed to the team like he don't even know if you're gonna steal you know what I'm saying like and so it was kind of like 
that was my expectation. Like, oh, I'm gonna get in with Soundwave and I'm a, you know what I mean? Like, and it was really like, no, you're you're still signing to a label and like now the work begins. And um, I even talk about that uh, on the album on Gang Shit. I talk Gang about shit. how like I, I thought that this was what it was gonna be. Um, that's what that record is about. It's me taking the accountability. Like I thought that this was what the, that was what the situation was gonna be. Now that I'm here, I realize it's not. But as long as Top is rocking with me, like it's up to me to do everything that I have to do. You know what I mean for my career. But yeah, I signed with him for all of those reasons. Like combined, like I'm from LA. I watched TD grow. You know what I mean. And so, and it's like that's another miss. Like it's love from like I have a great relationship with majority of the artists. It's weird. We live in a time now where when you tell the truth, it sounds like you're like like speaking down on some shit. You know what I mean. Like I said, I don't have a relationship with SZA. Mm -hmm. Everybody took that as like that was like a bad thing. I'm like, well, do the artists at Atlantic have relationships with Cardi B? Mm -hmm. Every artist at Atlantic don't got a relationship it, with Cardi B. It's because of the perception that the general public has of labels. They yeah, think labels yeah. are family. No, yeah. of small labels. Of smaller, of smaller labels. labels. Of smaller like labels. TDE, they say it with Bad Boy. I'm sure they seen it with Rockefeller. Exactly. I'm sure they seen it with Death Row. So it's, it's small labels. I know you broke down some of those lyrics because you was telling me some of those lyrics. He just, he just said it. But I mean, I feel like that about <coughs> a lot of companies working at Power. I thought the same thing too. So I totally understand you. Yeah. But, um, they don't fuck with you? I'm playing, I'm playing. Yeah, we don't gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so, um, okay, a few things. Do you feel like the issue between, or the differences between you and TDE is just patience on your behalf? Like, you just gotta be um, patient? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it, I, I would say it's partly patience, but then as well, like, my last album was three years ago. I don't necessarily think that that's all patience. Like, I don't know, like, like I don't know an up-and-coming artist that can, like, consistently move like with three year gaps consistently within their music. Like if this was how it was supposed was gonna go for the next ten years, it's like so yeah, it's patience because I do gotta wait for things to get right, but it's also like we also do kinda gotta, you know, catch up with like what the mm -hmm. times are now, which is it has to be a little bit faster. Well, how did you survive opinion. during that time? Because three years is a long time, especially yeah. during pandemic and you know, the outer pandemic, but you still yeah. got bills to pay, you got yeah. rent, you got Selling mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I survived because of my fans. Like, New Beginners did really, really well. Like, mm -hmm. my fans just kept streaming it. Like, I think it's like over 130K units sold just because my fans just kept streaming. That's literally how I survived was just off of my streaming money. You know what I mean? And that was another thing why um, I can admit that I was uh, a little frustrated when I was talking about certain things because I'm like, I, I got in this to make music, but I also got in this to like make money and feed my family. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it is hard when you're not dropping music because if you're not dropping music, you're also not really doing shows like that. And then it was also COVID and I dropped New Beginners in the heart of COVID. So I didn't even get to tour New Beginners. So there's a lot of things that kind of play into me being like, yo, I'm ready to get back out there and put some music out. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I can't yeah. remember what song it was, but there's a song on the album where you're talking about how your family Thinks you got so much money and you done you done, you done changed. Yeah, gang yeah, shit. That's yeah. That's gang shit. Yeah, that's oh, the, the, the first. Okay. That's the first verse. So the first verse is about. I thought that it was family. I thought it was supposed to be gang shit. Mm -hmm. And look at how y'all act now that I'm in this situation. You think I got all this money? You think I have all this fame and stuff like that? But like that's not really how my life is. And look at how you're acting now. And and the climax of the verse is like my family member yelling at me, calling me reason. And I'm like, I thought you knew me as Rob. My entire mm -hmm. life you called me Rob. Like why are you now? calling me reason that came from a real place like i got family members that call me reason it's weird like i've known you since i was two and, and they, probably, they probably think you got way more than what you got way more than what i got yeah. way busier than what i got they say things like oh you know i was gonna text you but i thought that you know i figured you would be busy like why did you why do you just assume i'm too mm -hmm. busy to text you now mm -hmm. because 
um, quote unquote reason. Like that's you know what I mean, crazy to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sad. Yeah, right now. Um, but I do want to start with just the intro of the projects. Um, we're talking about porches, but in it, you talk about how you guys all are connected through the porches, but also they feel kind of like <coughs> entitled to what you got going on, good or bad. Yeah, yeah. How do you break that? Um, are you? It's 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 less of like entitled. It's more about uh. This is kind of what comes with it. And the reason why I wanted to highlight that in the intro is because on every single hip hop album, we always hear people talk about the negative stuff that went on in their neighborhood. It's always, <clears throat> I'm from the hood, niggas die, mm-hmm. chalk out lines, blah, 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 blah. But for me, I wanted to highlight that there's great things that come with that too. There's persistence, you know what I mean? My, there's, there's, my sister taught me to be brave and take leaps on things that I want in life. You get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. my mom taught me, rationality my pops hustled he taught me how to hustle like there's great things that come from being with those places and all of those things kind of come into it instead of us just only highlighting like the negative stuff so yeah on broken winter break you say i was born in this machine some niggas is still in it how did you find your way out um honestly i I went to school in iowa which is crazy to say i played basketball and um i was out there with all the white people in iowa and that was like a culture shock um i had never been coming from where i was from i didn't have a white relationship in my life until i went Mm -hmm. out there i'm being i I know that sounds crazy i didn't have a white i'm being dead ass here before i went to college i didn't have a white relationship in my life there was nobody that i talked to in any type of consistent format that was white and then i went to iowa and there were three black people in my school including me you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and so that just gave me a different perspective of how uh, life is and understanding that everything isn't so vain and in this box and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so it made me grow up a lot. And then when I came back, I was just like, nah, I want to do more shit because I've seen a little bit of the world, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, it just put a different perspective in me. It, so, okay. Is Broken Winter Brick based off a true story? Like the story you're telling? Like you yeah, it's, 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 about, it's about my homeboy, but I didn't want to put his name in there. But my homeboy came back off of a winter break um, you could tell that he was a little bit different of a person. Um, ended up getting robbed, and it's it's about the mindset of you know you come back home, you get robbed. He not really tripping because he's just like I don't really care about this shit, but he's feeling pressured as a man from his neighborhood that we gotta go get it back, and so he has to put on this front like, yo, I'm with whatever, but really in his in his mind he's like I don't want to do it. like this shit is stupid, I don't want to do it. But then ultimately at the end, the story is really about his little brother that's sitting there on the porch watching all this because his little brother is seeing it and this is what his little brother grows up to be. And then mm-hmm. later on the album, you have Bussin slash, it says WB part two, but that's Winter Break part two. Mm-hmm. And so Bussin is the little, the little boy when he's older, you get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so now he's on a whole different mindset because this is all the shit that he saw. On the I court. love how you connected that generational trauma, that generational mm-hmm. curse that's going to yeah. keep going. And you got to be cognizant of your actions because the next generation is watching. Yeah, and the thing I love about that story is that the 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 actions aren't coming from a true place. It's coming from a place of a man that thinks that he has to do that. Yeah. And so a lot of times we get trauma passed down because this is literally what niggas are doing every day. But mm-hmm. this story is like, nah, this nigga don't want to do this. He just feel like he has to. And even like, you know, with him not really having to do it, he still passes it down. Um, and now the little kid has grown and he's with everything that, you know, he thought his brother was actually with. Now talk to me about Caucasian estates because you said you hated white people. Let's see, like not headlines are going crazy. I do not, I do not hate. I don't hate. Reason do not like white people. So Caucasian estates is like what is that? Mansions or? Yeah, so it starts with me describing the porch, and then and then the next record is Caucasian estates, and there's a date set in there, which is July 2017. That's when I met Musa, and basically the mindset is, as soon as niggas get a little bit of money. 
that's the first thing we want to do is get a better car and go live in a white neighborhood. So it's Caucasian estates. We want to mm-hmm. go live in. A, and so it's a it's a like a braggy, cocky song because that's how you that's how I felt when I met Musa and I was about to sign with TD. I'm like, nigga, I'm gonna have all the money, all the women. I'm about to go get me a crib out here. I'm about to drive. To, and that's how your mind automatically is. So yeah, that's Caucasian estates. I know we're talking about you putting together a cohesive project and having skits, and I love that, but I got to say I do hate some of your skits mm-hmm. because, <laughs> like, it, I, I just don't like the way you painted the women saying, like, there's always a new nigga who could take care of us and all that. Yeah. Like, that's not I mean, that's always the case. I, I, it's not always the case. That's just, like, the truth of what I grew up around. Like, that was, like, not not like, like my sister and my close friends, but, like, that's kind of, like, the when, when I grew up, like, the women's attitude was, like, you know, what one man won't do for you, another man will. And that was kind of like the way that they, they carried themselves. But there's also a woman in the group that she's the one that's like, she wants to she stay with hope. her dude. Yeah, yeah she, she got, got hope. hope. You get what I'm saying? And, I, and that, that was about my homegirl. I had a homegirl that she was just a hopeless romantic. She always, no matter how much her friends was like that, she was like, I'm, like I, I do have hope that I'll find a man that, you know what I mean, can actually be that man. So for me, that was like, it was, it was my truth. It was what I saw. I like I like uh, when people take old sayings and kind of like update them. So you have the yeah. girl say, um, "The best way to get over one man is to get up under another yeah, one." And then yeah. some girl goes, "Or in front, or in front." <laughs> <laughs> I like I was like, "Oh, that's slick." Yeah, or or in front of, and I let them do their thing. That was probably like, like my most fun part about making this project was the skits, like mm-hmm. because it was really with the homies. We tried to get actors and. They sent me a bunch of like uh, acting auditions and whatnot, and I was just like, "Sounded these, too proper." I was like, "These niggas suck," but it's because they're not from LA. You get mm. what I'm saying? So I'm getting shit from people from everywhere. I'm like, nobody's gonna know how to do. So I just ended up calling all the homies. You know what I mean? And we just literally was in there, like, mic'd up and just acting it out. The dice game scenes. I just had niggas shoot dice for thirty minutes and just like go back and forth and whatnot. So it, it was dope because it came out as authentic as possible. For how me. do you feel when the women you use for skits ask you for scissor tickets and you can't get any? Yo, shut up, man. <laughs> I can get scissor tickets, oh, man. Yeah. I, don't know. I just, you know, I might not be able to, you know, go on stage. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking before they take that out of context. But yes, I can get scissor tickets. Okay. Her show was incredible, you actually. You are right. such a troll. My goodness. <laughs> I thought you were asking you get Kendra tickets next. That was, <laughs> was going to ask him a question. <laughs> uh, all right, so on Send You to Afterlife. This nigga's crazy. Bro. The outro, you're saying, more money we start to make, more danger we get in life. Love my people so damn much. Pray one day we get it right. We can build till we together. We gonna always sacrifice. Country hate us. No more sending each other to afterlife. Yeah. Love the outro, but do you think people hear you? I, I, it's it's probably not because it's like this is a a, a cycle. It's like we, like, niggas get money and they can't or get success or even the 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 image of success and money, and automatically like they do become a target. And to me, it's just crazy because it's like I feel like we can all build. Together, like to me, it's like if there's one millionaire in the room, that opens the door for there to be four. And then if they walk into different rooms, that opens the door for there to be eight more in those other rooms. And instead of us thinking like that, the first thing we think about is like, oh, that's a lick. Like that's that's a that's somebody that we can come up sure. on right now. You know what I mean? And so and it's like the country already don't want us to be there anyway. Mm-hmm. So why are we doing their job? Well, not their job, but what they act like is their job for them. Like why are we sitting here, you know, targeting each other when? We can just build together and and we can all get on. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like what it is. But I mean, I don't know if people hear me. I, I hope you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I hope that we don't have to have more rappers. You know, yeah, yeah, getting robbed or dying or having to protect themselves. I hope that's the case. So. Well, why'd you call Gina August Alcina in parentheses? 
It's a fun record. I'll say fucking on Cougars like August Alcina. I just like the line. So I just right. called it. Yeah, I called it August Alcina. That's probably like my favorite story that's broken in like the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I love the entire, like, the entire Will Smith August. I want a documentary on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> that entire situation is just like the most fascinating thing to me. Like, any, any, because it's just it, like Will Smith is like the guy. Like, he's Fresh Prince. Like, he's like, and so, like, I look at things in different perspectives. Like everybody else saw it as like, damn, I can't believe he slapped. I'm like, there's a story there. Like he ain't just slap him because of that yeah. night. Like there's something there a that's like, trauma that there's a lot of, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? And, 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 you know, his wife being on the show and talking about everything and the pox shit, like they should do a documentary on that shit. Like that's a very, very interesting story. And I feel like people just yeah. focus on the climaxes of the story, but I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a lot to unfold there. Like that's literally my favorite story. If in, like, they're all healed, I, if that, if that family's healed, if the, if the family's healed, yeah. if the family's healed. I don't think but. that story becomes a story without that red table talk with Will and Jay. I agree. I don't think that I agree. Story is nowhere near as big. But even, but that. even that is there's something to unpack there. It's like, why is that conversation happening on red table talk? There's something behind. There's something there that's like. That's allowing that to to get out. You get what I'm saying? To yeah, be a you thing. don't like to see like things that should be private public. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Similar to the the yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got where you were going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love too much too. The Melly Melly Mel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's yeah. Melly Mel to you? Uh, that's my that's that's the homie. Uh, we used to call him Melly Mel. Um, uh, I don't want to put his whole government out there, but I went to high school with him, and um, he went to a party. He was uh, like top ten running back in the nation. Uh, went to a party, got into a fight. Um, a guy got killed, and uh, you know he knew the person that did it, uh, but he got arrested for it, and so he sat in jail for a year, and his entire life changed. Um, lost all of his scholarships. Mm. Uh, was like major setback, but he felt like he couldn't. Of course, where we from? You can't tell who did it, so you just got to kind of sit until the whole thing plays out. Um, and even that story. That's one thing I like about all the stories on the album is that there's two stories in it. It's what happened to Melvin, but then it's also about like black men and how we handle our issues because the other story behind it is when I called him and he was in jail and I asked him how he was doing, he just said he was fine. And it's like, that's another thing. It's like, we we don't talk about the shit that we're going through. So it's, okay. it's a two-folded conversation in that. And I remember thinking like, there's no way he could be, like this nigga's whole life is completely gone. Like he was headed to the NFL and now mm-hmm. he don't know where he's going. You know what I mean? And so, but he was just always like, no, nah, I'm cool. Like, you know, it is what it is. And I could just tell that it affected him. And the other, the other thing with that song is like, there's no reward for real niggas. Yeah, there's there's no, it's no, <laughs> it's no like, like, like pot of gold at the end of that. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? Like you snitch, you sat in jail for a year, came home to what? 1000%, but it's also like, if you do, if you do do it, like what do you come home to? on that end, and that's a very real thing. I've seen it, you know what yeah. I mean? I've seen that be become a real thing. So it's one of those things where you gotta hope that the other person is a stand-up man and, and comes forward because he knows that you sitting there, but you know, some niggas would just be like, nah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna ride this out. And it's like, it completely altered his entire life. And uh, even to this day, like, I've never had a conversation with Mel about it. Like, I sent him the record, and he just called me and was like, thank you for writing about it, but we've never mm. talked about it. Like, it's still something that, I don't think that he's probably ever like full blown got unpacked. off his chest. You know what I mean? mean unpacked and whatnot. And, and, and like you said, in our community, that's a big thing because everybody wants to be a real nigga. But like you said, there is no award or reward for being a real nigga at all. At all, you don't get nothing for that. You know what I mean? You don't get nothing for being. Um, that's why I used to love the the Dave Chappelle uh, skits when he had the real nigga uh, keeping the real, keeping the real go wrong, wrong, and it's like the nigga wild out and he lose his job and he homeless and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. I, like Dave was ahead of his time, but. Yeah, like you said, it's, it's no reward for that at the end well, of the day. Well, honestly, if he was to really open up and tell you how he really feels or you think like you'd be able to handle it, 
I would, but I, I do understand what you're saying. But I think it's less about that. I think it's more about like black men just aren't taught that like, like we're taught from a young age, like life ain't fair, get over it. Mm -hmm. Don't complain, suck don't cry, don't suck cry. it up. Yeah, we're taught that from a young age. So I think it's less about the person receiving it. I think it's more about the fear of like, I look weak if I talk about it. Like I look like less of a man. I look like I'm complaining. Like I say this all the time to my homegirls. I'm like, girls night is the healthiest shit in the world. Y'all just gather up, drink wine and just complain, which is like getting things off your chest. You're unpacking, you're unloading, and then y'all have fun. And then you leave there feeling lighter. than you. Like guys don't have that. We get together like... Like I had a homie that I went to uh, watch a game with. We were in the bar for like three hours watching the game and we talked about sports, sports for three hours. I leave the bar, I figure out that like his his girl about to damn near put him, he about to damn near lose his family. We ain't talking about that for the whole three hours. We just talking about LeBron mm -hmm. and how LeBron is the greatest person on in the NBA. And it's like, we don't unpack those things because we're taught that you can't talk to another man about it. If you talk to your girl about it, you look weak. So it's like, where do you go with it? You just kind of turn to different vices. And Char I've been there. Charlamagne doesn't feel that way, by the way. He thinks it's Steph Curry. You said LeBron. What's your thoughts? That, what do you mean? I, I, yeah, that he's the best player in the NBA. I actually I actually agree with that. I think I think Steph. I think that I got, I think Steph is top five of all time. I think niggas got, yeah, okay, yeah. I think. I got him at three. Yeah, I got him at four. I got Jordan, yeah. Kobe, Steph, Braun, and Magic. You got him after, uh, I mean, before Bron? Yes. You're crazy. But I do have him top. I think he's the best player in the NBA right now, but I think that he's top five, and niggas don't want to hear that. I, I got Kobe. Uh, I got Kobe at one, Jordan at two, Bron at three, um, and then uh, Steph at four, and I got Shaq at five. But clearly I'm biased because that's a lot of Laker niggas. And, yeah. and history is going to show that LeBron and uh, Steph met up in NBA Finals. Yep. What, four times? Four Was times. it four? Yeah, was it four? Four times. Yeah, four times. Four yeah, times. yeah. And Steph won. He's three to one against Bron in NBA Finals. That matters. It it does matter, but at the same time, he had KD. Like so, what? He he didn't always have KD. Uh, the the championship thing is weird though. It's not all about championships. It's about a lot of other stuff too. It's it's about all the act like the accolades. I feel like LeBron is the most accomplished, probably. Not not athlete. That's Tom Brady, but he's the most accomplished basketball player of all time. I feel like that How? does matter. When the, you say accomplished, what do you mean accomplished? Like all of the accolades, all of the accomplishments that he's done, the score, like where he is scoring, at in the scoring assists, list, rebounds. assists, rebounds, like that's stats. Though when I when I think accomplishments, I mean, I mean, even wrong, even he's, first, he's got a lot e of those, even but. the All NBA teams, mm -hmm. All Stars, MVP, like he's like accomplished, like he's the most. How many final? Oh, Michael Jordan got six Finals MVPs, bro. He's six. That's fine, but he don't have he don't he don't have as many accomplishments as like that. That has to do with a team. I'm talking about all of your accomplishments. It has to do with you as an individual. Michael Jordan's stat sheet is crazy. Magic it, Johnson's it, it stat is, sheet but is crazy. It's not better than Bron's. I, that's I totally disagree with you. It's, you think his? You think Michael Jordan's stats are better than LeBron James? Not, maybe not stats, but accolades. When you put all you the do. accolades. Yo, my bad. My bad. Yeah. My fault. My fault. My, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I'm I apologize. Saying. Yeah. Let's let's get back to the music. Yeah. I don't want to put your album up. Something you're talking about, yeah, yeah, therapy. That's why I'm so big on therapy, right? Yeah. Because people that go to therapy have no problem having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk about these women having girl nights out, it's because a lot of them already go to therapy, they're yeah. already seeking healing, so it's easy for them to have these conversations amongst each other. Yeah, I notice with my guys that I, people around me that are already in therapy and seeking some healing, we have no problem having those conversations. For sure, I agree. But I, I also think with women, they're just naturally, because I don't think a, a lot of, like I think women are doing that before they even get into therapy. Mm -hmm. I think women are naturally just better at talking about their feelings. And it's it's because of how we're brought up. Like women are brought up to, to you know, you coddle, you do coddle women a little bit more. So you you ask them to tell you like, how do you feel? like. Are you okay? How does that make you feel? Whereas I remember as a kid, like 
like going through stuff and my dad being like, like suck it up, stop crying. Like, and that's not a knock at him. He just doing what he was taught. You know what I mean? But I, rem- I vividly remember like being balled up with rage and not knowing how to express it. And my dad's thing was like, nigga, stop crying. Like, but, but also you, you also feel like you don't want to look weak. Yeah, and that was his thing. He was like, you're going to look weak if you're crying. Like, nigga, mm-hmm. stop crying. Like, suck it up. Like, I'm like, but that ain't fair. He's like, life ain't fair. Like, get over. You know how many things ain't fair for me? Like, that's how I was brought up. You if know I come up here and cry, Charmaine's going to call me a beige bitch. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's going to talk about you being light skin. That yeah. is not true. My dad is I've seen it. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've seen it. <laughs> that was back in the day, though. But he do be crying over some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> see? Some stuff ain't nothing to cry over. You know. See? I'm just saying. Yeah, we got to be able to express ourselves a little bit better. Oh, oh. Um, I was reading some comments online, Twitter, YouTube, and they're saying that your album is one of their favorite albums of the year, right next to Mike. Mike. Killer Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which How is a which is a crazy compliment because I love Killer Mike's album. Um, but I, I felt that way, and I, I felt that way before it was dropped, and not because it's my album, but I also felt that way because it's been a light year for rap. Like it just hasn't been that great. I do think the second half of the year is about to be stacked. Um, I know Drake's dropping on Friday. Um, but. I felt like like when I'm listening to all the albums and they're coming out, I'm like, oh, nah, I'm, I'm going to have like probably like one of the better albums in rap this year. You know what I mean? And But for people to put it next to Killer Mike's, like that's a huge compliment because that was my favorite album this year. Like when that dropped, I was like, nah, like this is. That's the, that's the GOAT. That's the, yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. that was the one. So yeah, nah, that's been like the, the craziest compliment for sure, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Y'all want to play a record? Well, I actually just want to say this. Michael Jordan has six championships. Oh my God. No, 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 listen to me, listen to me. Oh Michael Jordan has six championships, six finals oh MVPs, boy. like I told you, five regular season MVPs, one defensive player of the year, 10 scoring titles, one rookie of the year, one Hall of Fame. LeBron has four championships, four MVPs, four regular season MVPs, one scoring title, one rookie of the year. MJ played against bums. All right, stop it now. See, I want to play these These ain't bums. MJ played against bums. You forget we played against? He played against bums. You can't name five high-level wings that he played against. People talk about Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller's a bum compared to Klay Thompson. Like, Klay Thompson's better than Reggie Miller. It's just a different It's a different level of... Reggie Miller was a beast. We need to wash him off out with soap, young man. It's not. I'm trying to... Why are you doing this? Bro, it wasn't... Why you doing this? Back then, it was bigs. It wasn't wings. Now it's wings. Like, Bron and them have played against just better... They played against better talent. That's my whole thing. So, but yeah, we can argue about basketball later. I want um, reason to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> reason. reason, what record you want to play? Hold Gang on, shit? Hold on, hold on. Uh, now, hold on. Should I press in on this? Hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs> totally you see gonna, why you don't let reason you drop music. You stop, I'm texting top dad. You going you gonna start some niggas is on edge right now, man. You gonna think that I said some crazy shit up. He gonna be like, what if that nigga go up there? Reason, we appreciate you for joining us, brother. We're gonna play gang shit right now. Yeah, let's play gang it's shit. It's the Breakfast Club. It's Reason. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35 year old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, our lost sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.